And now you and I are here. Are live, baby. We sure are. You can get the chat here. And, uh, yeah. Welcome. Thanks. When did I see you last? You've been sick for two weeks. Yeah. And I kept thinking I was going to get better. Yeah. And then I was like, I'd wake up with instead of a nose congestion, it's chest congestion now. So that sucked. Did you get to, like, sleep? Oh, yeah. I slept fine. Okay. Actually, it didn't affect my sleep at all. It was just my day-to-day. I just felt mm. a little lethargic. Sure. Some people sleep way better when they're sick because they just zonk right out. Mm. And it wasn't COVID. You just had congestion. I'm, I'm probably like 85% certain <laughs> it wasn't COVID. Oh. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I'm anytime anyone gets sick now, they're like, was it COVID? Yeah. It's just the norm. Sure. But I don't think it was. Well, I mean. There's still all the other illnesses that we've already had before COVID. So. It's another one to add to the list. Yeah. Just like I feel flu. like. I feel like uh, it was just a cold. Mm-hmm. Without defaming anyone on the record, uh, <laughs> I got in someone's car after they asked if I could hang out for a little bit, and then I got in the car, and they are like, oh, by the way, I'm sick. And I was like, cool, <laughs> let's hang out then, shall we? You could have maybe said, I'm unavailable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, funny. So I think that's where I got it, and they were okay. experiencing just a cold, Okay. and they were over it in a week. Okay. Took me two. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So what did you do what'd you do in that time? You watched the expanse? I sure did. I also have been watching this is a sidebar completely, but I've been binging Money Heist. Money Heist? Have a you show? Wa- yeah, have you heard of it? Oh. I've heard of it. I thought that was a movie. Is there a show? Uh-huh. I feel like you would really like it. Okay. It's um set in Spain. <laughs> so it's in Spanish. Yep. You can watch it dubbed. I tried for thirty seconds. I just don't like dubbed content. <laughs> There's just no emotion in the acting. It's all it's all people reading a script being told how the character oh, feels. Yep. I think the actual being there and acting it out really helps feel that emotion because there are some teary moments in that show. Mm. My first thought with dubbing, like I know they usually watch what they're dubbing as they dub it. Mm. And sure, like you mentioned, they'll try and put emotion into it, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just feels forced. Yeah, I don't think I ever watch dubs. I always watch subs. If I'm too stoned to think, <laughs> I watch what? a dub because I'm like I can't I can't yeah. read those little yellow letters right that's now. That's so funny. <laughs> but was that's it? very rare. Yeah, it was the built-in like it was the sometimes the subtitles are like cap closed captions and it's auto-generated or it'll be through the streaming platform. Was this not that? It was automatically. Um, like usually when there's foreign parts or something or like was it made for an english viewer i think it was made with the intention of being released to english viewer uh, english speaking viewers okay because the uh captioning is spot on cool sweet and they don't i don't think they you know i don't think they included sound effects you know how like they'll be like whoosh when a door oh. closes <laughs> that's a netflix thing yeah. i think <laughs> which is funny cuz the series is on netflix it's oh, a netflix it is. original uh-huh. And it's actually, I just, <laughs> I've been also watching a lot of YouTube shorts in yeah. the last two weeks because I'm just like sitting on my ass. And uh, they were talking about the top five Netflix shows and Money Heist was number four. So you got hooked on it? I was even before then and then I just realized it was big. Uh, I didn't even know it was a big show. You were there before it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Yeah, it came out in 21. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, okay. Um, but it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think the acting is incredible and the characters are so deep. 
yeah. much like the characters that we're going to be discussing. Oh very my shortly. gosh, I'm actually really excited uh, to talk about the expanse. Before you get that, you also just handed me back the tenth issue of East of West. Oh, you said it was yeah. quick. Oh yeah. Can I get a couple more snippets? Because uh-huh. I loved it. Can you? I'm gonna go grab it. So, um, it had been a long break for me since reading the ninth volume. Yeah. And I don't feel like I missed anything. Maybe some subtleties, I'm sure. Okay. But I think that the imagery in that story is so good. Like, when he goes to speak to the Oracle for the last, last, quote-unquote, last time, um, I remembered the Oracle, and I remembered they had a deal for his eyes. And that was good enough. The context clues were there. The dialogue was really good. This, I'm rereading Sandman right now, and... Mm -hmm. It took me maybe like three hours to get through the fifth volume or sixth volume, Brief Lives. It's also a longer volume. Yeah. This I read in an hour. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. My same experience. I just... think I told you I'd recommended reading the one before it just because it's so quick. Like, there's a lot for me. and There was a lot of stories that converged mm-hmm. with the... Let's see, now I'm going to forget. You have basically of all the nations coming together, there's the drama of the people in the apocalypse and... It's just, you know, it's the final stand. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's just a lot of heart and emotion. Yeah. But that's about Speaking it. Speaking of the heart and emotion, with the uh, with the ending, like, uh, well, I, I don't think we should spoil too much. No, but, we don't have to spoil but it. But with what happens to, yeah, that's exactly what I'm referring to. I cried. And, and, like, <laughs> and like the... Yeah. Holy crap. Like, he looks so much like his dad. <laughs> He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's just a little baby. Yeah, it's um, super sweet. And with the relationship with the uh, the other um, parental figure, um, no. Oh, literally. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the how how it goes. Just like it felt like everything was gonna be okay, and then everything wasn't okay. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot packed into that last volume. Yeah, it was really. And I think it's only like four or five issues, but I mean, quick read and uh, really good splash pages too. In the big combat between the Mao army and the, they're the Western folk. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Not Beldum. I don't remember what the Western ones are called. But you know it's like what I'm the, talking the about. The Congregation of California. Yeah. It's not called that. Guy with the cigars it's... and the mean mustache. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really cool battle. The Rangers. The Rangers. No, I think the yeah. Rangers were the well, that sniper. The Rangers was a sniper. Were they not from the West? They were their own thing. Oh, maybe they. I forgot now. Maybe yeah. they broke off. It's and a, were it's like a good. It's one worth reading. I would read it again. Yeah. Um, knowing it's a quick read and knowing that I enjoyed it, I think. With what I'm experiencing with the Sandman, is I'm enjoying it more, knowing some stuff, so I don't have to think so hard. You like the background? Yeah, mm. it's like the it already exists in my mind, so the yeah. pieces can then stack higher. Interesting. I I'm a little different. I like figuring it out as I read, mm. but I think it's important to give context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that ending. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a really... I forgot that it was the last one at 10. I think I actually talked about this last time. I thought it ended at 12. Uh-huh. And I was like, I no, 10 is the last I, one. I, I, I got like, you what? that. I got you that 10 uh, last Christmas. Uh-huh. And I was looking for like a week. I was like, <laughs> nobody's selling 11 and 12. <laughs> Where is it? I tell you originally. That it was, so I looked it up. 12. I was like, no, 10 is the last one. That's so funny. Which, if they're an average of five issues per, it's 50 issues. And in my mind, mwah. 
50? That's the perfect length. Like, the Sandman's 75, but there are side stories within it. I'm pretty sure Transmetropolitans also are somewhere around, hovers around 50. Why the Last Man hovers around that. Ex Machina, Starman, like all like the best series. They are have, under yeah. hundred issues. Yeah, they. I think one thing I appreciate with older entertainment and things, they're they end. They end. <laughs> oh my god! Today it's like yeah. let's milk that sucker. Yeah, yeah. You know that one character that showed up in the background of this guy? He's got his own story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag, we shouldn't have the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> no, but that's okay. Yeah, I've just been um, playing a lot of ITG. Nice. I've been volunteering a little bit of my time at local arcade, fixing up the pads. Cool. Um, they work all right, but I, I need to ask my buddy Josh about getting um, a 3D printer or something printed. I know there's a few people in the community could probably ask too. But what happens is the super advanced technology of the popsicle stick will often, <laughs> <laughs> will often fall out of place uh-huh. as the public will dance on the pads. Because the difference between people playing the game that know how to and everyone else is you don't need to stomp. I'm a stomper. With all, no, stop that. I'm a, that's how I cut, learned. Shut up. I cut learned, that out. I learned wrong. I'm telling you now. <laughs> you don't need to stomp your whole heart and soul and body weight into each individual panel. You just got to step on it. Mm-hmm. You just, you're just waddling like a penguin, waddle, waddle, waddle in a very waddle. complex <laughs> matter. So what I was thinking, the popsicle six, they fall off. But if you have a little bit of an, more of an L bracket to them, like a corner wedge, you could sit one of that fins on the outside of the sensor. It just would be have to be thin enough to get slotted in, and then it would bend over where that bracket mm. is. So... Very simple idea, and then you can put tape on there, which is usually what we use, blue painter's tape or, like, scotch tape, and that's how you get your very millimeter oh, distance smart. to level it up. Yeah. Um, I just need those corner brackets, and I think it'll be fine. I don't have That'd to touch it That'd be a really again. simple print. Too. Exactly. Exactly that. You just need your measurement, right? Yep. Cool. Yeah. So I was going to ask about that, but other than that, I've got a tournament in <clears throat> five days. Nice. <laughs> so... Yeah, tomorrow's packing day. Oh, it's our last hoorah session day with Josh while we'll be dancing. And then we're bringing his pad, one of his pads, and they're heavy. So we're going to be loading that into the car after is, our Is his setup session. heavier than your pad? Oh, gosh, yeah. Mine is easy. Mm-hmm. Most arcade pads, like, they're probably 100-plus pounds oh, each. Yeah. you got to have two. With the handlebar? Pads. You take the handlebar off. Okay. Yep. And then there's a small amount of wires that connect it to the P2, and then... From there, the wire chassis gets out from the front of the pad to go to where the arcade cabinet is. So mm. it's got like, ooh, what's the word? Interlocking connectors. There's certain names for them, but they're like plastic clips. They got a little tabby tab. Mm. But trying to eat healthy and then protein shakes, working out, watching the Expanse, mm-hmm. uh, playing Monster Hunter World. How many but- hours you got now? 220. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> 187. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still at 130, though. Oh, okay. Meek. I think James is a little bit like <laughs> Well, what's funny, in college, when I had nothing else to do, I got like 300 hours in the first month. Uh, like, I was dedicated to Monster Hunter World. Yeah. So I'm so glad I got James addicted to it. We've been binging the crap out of it. We hmm. finally have fought every monster in the first release of it. Is that game for multiplayer one server? Does everyone load into the same world? No. Okay. How does multiplayer work? When you are in your home base, 
you can talk to a specific character to create a lobby. Uh-huh. A lobby would be a max of four people. Anyone can join the lobby. You can join other people's lobbies of four. But when you're posting quests, people within your lobby can join the quest you posted or go to the quest board and see what other quests from any other server mm. have been created. Mm. And then you can hunt accordingly. I see. So often, like, when you're doing a matchmaking, right? I want these parameters. In this case, it's I want to fight this monster. It'll go see who else is fighting the monster. Okay, and cool. And pair you up. That's cool. You got all the really cool um, Asian names because it's a it's Capcom, so definitely a lot of different people playing it. But I see a lot of popularity with Asian names, like with the Chinese letters. Um, what's it called? Kanji? I, I'm going to butcher that. I'm not actually sure. Oh, okay. What the characters are called? Exactly. Oh. I think it's Kanji. Cool. But nonetheless... You know that when you get one of them on your team, there you're gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, they're playing in some arcade at four in the morning, and they haven't left since last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Actually, one of the people I'm dancing with right now, he's enjoying some Japanese arcades. I think he left last weekend, and so he sent a couple pictures of just rows of arcade machines because Japan Japan has the best mm. arcades. Just super fun. Is there a big uh, ITG group in Japan? Do people dance oh, in Japan gosh. quite a bit? I doubt ITG, but I know DDR for sure. Okay. Because ITG is an American thing. Ah, okay. So Dance Dance Revolution has its run of series of games, and um, I'm going to butcher the year. I want to say 09, 08, kind of like the mid to late 2000s. Roxor became, let me look this up so, so I don't get it wrong. More or less in the groove was an American published rhythm game, just different enough in the song selection and the mechanics and the way the game flowed to make it unique. They actually were the first to introduce mines, which you have to not ah, hit. Yeah. Whereas DDR will often use gimmicks, stops and starts with the song, and then shock arrows. Those are how they increase their difficulty, where ITG ended up developing a lot more tech and patterns with the incorporation of these mines. Ah. Uh. Which is why me and Josh have agreed that ITG is superior <laughs> in terms of high-level play to DDR is because you have to memorize DDR when you're a top player. Mm-hmm. When you're an, a top ITG player, you can sight-read still and be thrown at a whole bunch of stuff. And there's technically no cap to the amount of complexity that you could add given those minds and the different twists and turns and terminology. Mm. What's a shock arrow? A shock arrow is a blue sparkly arrow in Dance Dance Revolution where if you hit it, all the notes go invisible for a moment. Uh, but continue to scroll. They don't stop. They go and yeah. you get shocked. It's like you get stunned. Are you supposed to hit a shock arrow for 100%? No. Uh, you do not hit shock arrows. You dodge them similar to a mine, but the effect is different. I see. A mine will straight up ruin your life gauge. A shock arrow will ruin the arrow visuals. Cool. And I was pretty accurate. 2004. I said mid to late 2000s. 2004, I'll take it. Rock, by it's rock the early games. 2000s, but okay. <laughs> I <laughs> swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> How long did it take you to watch The Expanse? Um, I got a routine of like two episodes a day for the past couple weeks. The first day I watched it, I only watched the first episode. And then the next day, I think I watched like six. Oh, whoa. Okay. I fell in love with it. Uh, yeah. I love sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And the... I, I, well, well, we can get into some of those details, but the the impact that I felt watching it was stronger than a lot of sci-fi I've watched. 
it sometimes it feels campy. Yes. It feels cheesy. It yes. doesn't feel believable. This like felt like a real world scenario. It felt yes. like, oh man, th- this could happen. I if I were to put a small amount of structure to my thought process, I think we should talk about each area, Mars, Earth, and the belt. And then I have some questions, of course, because mm-hmm. one of the biggest drives with the show that I would keep getting surprised at is how important the characters are. Yeah. You want to know how I took notes? Sure. Episode by episode. Ep- okay. <laughs> All right. Then. <laughs> We're still going. Oh, God. I do not have that. <laughs> I did notes. key points or moments that are worth mentioning. Okay. Like a big change in influence. Um, somebody getting their head smacked off in a, like a heartbeat which was one of my favorite moments from all of season one mm-hmm. um i know the one stuff like that is is what i took note on mm-hmm. so if i were to jive right in to the summary this is a very political futuristic sci-fi like uh show that takes place in like 137 years or something 23rd century i don't know if they specified a year okay well in season two they start talking about the technology that got them there with the epstein drive Mm -hmm. which i thought was actually a really cool story yeah kind of unfortunately named but whatever yeah it's its its own thing (laughs) it's a different epstein yeah exactly (laughs) no that's weinstein isn't it um is it i don't think so I'm out of my league. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know the answer. That's okay. Dude, but you know. It's, it's a steam. It's the technology that made them, allowed them to have a travel mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, technological advancement that drove them to where they are now. Where Mars is a militaristic colony. Earth is a more highbrow society yeah. that has the government give a lot of free hands outs for a easy Earth living. And the yeah. belt is all the miners of space that take ice from surrounding planets. I think it was the rings of Saturn, um, or was it? Well, it's also the asteroid belts within the At- solar system. Okay, but it yes. was more or less. But yes, all over. Like Ceres is a dwarf moon of okay. uh, Saturn. Gotcha. I, I couldn't remember. If, um, but then the people of the belt are more or less the slave miners for the upbringing of both Mars and Earth, who are constantly. At opposition over the resources of the belt. Like this close to war. And they're, yeah, they're a sliver away from war. And that is the area that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall, like you said, kind of campy. I actually didn't like any of the dialogue really for a while, Mm -hmm. but I think they got a lot better as time went on. Yeah. And as I mentioned, the characters, they're so dynamic mm-hmm. and i'll probably say this way too many more times as we continue to talk i really appreciated that their actions had consequences yeah every time yeah you don't get to kill someone and walk away like why isn't he in jail like <laughs> not even that but just every move that you made in space every political <laughs> thing you said to another person of politics or mm-hmm. power like mm-hmm. people acted on what they said and believed yeah which i thought was really powerful mm-hmm I agree with you about that campy feeling. I think it's why when I watched the first episode, it was good. Yeah. But I didn't like get into it yet. Right. I mean, I kind of thought there's foreshadowing in the series that I think is pretty obvious. I mm-hmm. didn't. I don't want to say I guessed right, but mm-hmm. I was pretty freaking close. Sure. On the first episode, ending yeah. with the visual of the Anubis. Uh, core reactor. Core reactor mm-hmm. being blue. Mm-hmm. But then I watched it with Rachel. 
Yeah. And in that same scene, so in this scene, we have a character who... who episode one. Yeah, episode First one. First opening scene. Yeah. We have a girl trapped in a cell, and she, it shows how precious water is because she drinks one drop floating in space in anti-gravity, which mm -hmm. I thought... Some of the cinematography, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Some of it, I was like, this set looks like Star Wars episode one. Like, okay. I never thought of Star Wars. Okay. Well, in the sense of... Um, not that it was Star Wars-esque, but that it was that quality. Oh, where the set looked oh. like a set, you know? Yeah, yeah. There were some times I thought the lighting was a little off and it looked almost too fake. Sure. I guess I didn't note any of that myself. That's also how you and I might view something differently, too. I'm going to mm -hmm. pick apart the scenery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, it, that's probably because of my comic book reading. Yeah. Like, you get a one panel. Oh, It sure. better look right. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. in this scene, you're in a city. Yeah. It better look like a city or else I'm not going to believe you're in the city. You're in California at a set. And I know that's true, but I can suspend disbelief if it's done oh, that's well, a good point. well enough. That's a good point. With that opening scene, my first thought, which occurred and then continued to occur many times throughout, was it always reminded me of Nemesis. I felt that right away. Yeah, there you I, go. I, that's what actually hooked me initially was I thought it was going to be a horror show. Mm -hmm. Like, they actually had an element of horror at the beginning in the first couple episodes. Yeah. A lot of mystery. People don't really know who to trust. It's in space, in these confined spaceship spaces. I really felt like, I agree with you there. I think that's it. I thought it was also going to be horror. And it ended up being a lot less of that yeah. as you start to learn more about the politics. Far of more political than um, anything. Which, honestly, I actually learned to really enjoy. Because mm -hmm. season one, as we'll talk through, I'll let you kind of handle the seasonal notes because I have more broad mm -hmm. ideas. Season one was such a good building block for knowing all the pawns at play. Yeah. Absolutely. And season two just expounded on it, which I'm surprised with the way season two started to develop that yeah. there's so many more seasons. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. There, there's consequences. Like people have died. Yeah. That you didn't think would. A hot take. I yeah. think they're going to get out of the out of the solar system at some point to find the, the source of something. Oh, you think so? That'd be actually really cool. Yeah. Not sure. That might be outlandish. But I think it'd be cool to think like, Maybe it wasn't actually a, a man-made or a man-discovered thing in the solar system, but it came from somewhere, and then mm. we, we just accidentally found it. Sure. Which is much like evolution, right? Yeah. Because a big theme in the series is evolution. Mm. Some people believe. You're saying, though, that if they find it, then the, I don't think that's evolution if they just find it. Um, versus Accidental. Right. I mean, evolution is an accidental process. Yeah, but finding something out in space is different than evolving into that thing. Mm, yeah, okay. But, like, okay, <laughs> let's say you and I are apes, and you eat the mushroom and I don't, and yeah. you die. Yeah. <laughs> it was an accident that you found that mushroom, Yeah. and now I pass on for generations that we don't eat that mushroom. Right. I didn't evolve to, but it's part of evolution because I saw the other thing I can interact. see your point but i would say that that is more about survival and mm. um what's the word nature oof. nature versus nurture no <laughs> there's a term for survival of the fittest and strongest and the most willing who learn from past mistakes where evolution is an actual like you mean the biology and, yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah which in that case i mean yeah after it's introduced then it becomes then it becomes uh, a drive for revolution mm -hmm. for some of the cultists i call them cultists 
Yeah. <laughs> well, who's the cultists? The people who work on the proto molecule and okay. literally worship it. <laughs> <laughs> there's not many. No, there's not. Not many at Cult. all. Cult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Tell me what you got on episode one. Um. All right. Woman trapped on scopuli. No, that is what I wrote. But what we do see is it starts with this woman trapped on a spaceship that we find out to be called the spaceship scopuli. And she sees this reactor after she busts out of this prison um, and notices that no one else is alive on the ship. Was there a body in that spacesuit that flies by her? I didn't think so. I didn't think so either. And then I watched it with Rachel. This is Oh, I even missed the point that she had about the reactor. I'll get to that when I get to the reactor. Um, she's like, oh man, that guy got squished. <laughs> so I wonder, I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Okay. um, anyway, the ship is, uh, absolutely demolished and wow. Literally I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight, no, oh, nine names of characters or spaceships. That we get in episode one. Oh boy. Okay. I don't think we need all of them. No, 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 no. What but, was? But I took it just for oh, my own. Oh, okay. This okay, isn't okay. that I want to read this through, but a, a good place to find a talking point. Sure. Or... I mean, I have a similar but very different method. I give myself reference notes, mm -hmm. and I just like, oh yeah, and then those notes will spark mm -hmm. everything else I had in my brain. Um. So anyway, to stay on this scene, because one thing I do like about this show is that they scene change a lot. So you don't get bored with a scene. I feel like because there's nine characters in the first episode and they're all talking and doing their own thing at different points in time, that it, I feel like the episodes feel really quick. Yeah. Because you get five minutes with this person and you don't come back to them for 20 minutes because you have to hit all the other notes. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back, you're like, ooh, I, yeah, I wanted to find out what happened here. Uh, yeah, they, they do hooked. a good job at having that cliffhanger yeah. where the last seed of encounters was concluded with a prospect for the next one yeah you're like oh shit now what <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm not i'm not leaving this woman on the scopuli although we don't get back to her for a while in the episode but she does end up going to the back and seeing this reactor and screaming yeah and there's a body a humanoid or human body coming from outside this blue goo that's surrounding the spaceship's mm -hmm. reactor and there's this blue particle floating through the air mm -hmm. um what was the girl's name in in uh rice boy felt like rosemary was just gonna grab oh. it <laughs> chomp it up um well my point was that rachel said do you think it's creating life or do you think that it's taking life mm -hmm. and later in the series she hadn't even seen the show and later in the series you find out that it has the ability to evolve mm -hmm. to adapt and kind of create things mm -hmm. out of what it's consumed so in that moment i was like I mean, honestly, it could have been trying to form mm -hmm. the physical form of something that it had eaten or something like that. I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective. When I first saw the core reactor and that blue humanoid emerging from it, I did think it was just an alien being birthed. Ah. Because it was a tiny little baby. Ah. So you guys both thought that? I thought that it was for sure her seeing the last of the crew getting eaten. Oh, interesting. He got smushed. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He, he got smushed. Yeah, that's interesting. It looked, when if I don't recall the scene exactly, I could pull it up. I thought about it, but it's like writhing out of it. Mm -hmm. It made me think it was just seeing breathing for the first time, uh -huh. which 
honestly, later when you actually come in contact with it a lot more and it becomes prevalent in season two, it's I I think it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Which is why I thought Rachel's observation was great because I was like, that's that's right actually. <laughs> Yeah. But it does consume, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's more of a cyclical thing. Mm. Do you remember the name of the original ship that they that Holden was on? Um, Holden the, ends up the being Canterbury. The Canterbury. Remember the Cant. Remember the Cant. Well, oh, I, I, I can't remember the Cant. Oh man, remember it, the Cant is, is a it, phrase that is it episode me. one or two that it goes completely. Um, episode one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Episode one, they blow, I know. they blow up like oh. 60 people on this giant spaceship. I thought that it was so... This is what I mean with the consequences, right? You end up having our crew, who ends up being Naomi, Amos, Alex, and Holden. And Shed. Shed? Who's Shed? Shed was the medic. What? Oh, sure. <laughs> He's around. He's, he doesn't make it long. Let's He's around say, for episode I, one. I forgot about Shed because let's just I say, loved Shed. I, <laughs> he was the comedic relief. Besides he Alex. Alex is funny, too. Alex has become one of my favorites. I'm going to ask you who your favorite is later. But more or less, these are our, our crew, including Shed. I'm so sorry. I forgot about you. <laughs> this is when they end up becoming outsiders uh-huh. and they're trapped by the donager uh-huh. for investigating this the scopuli the scopuli uh episode one episode one <laughs> and what was the cause of the explosion which of a cant oh um that the donager the, the, thought that they were gonna the like stealth ship shows up oh, yeah, it's yeah, not but... the donager that's but why. everyone thinks it's mars tech exactly who has stealth tech like that okay this is going to be one rant about space stealth tech. Isn't it just painting your ship black? <laughs> I don't know. Like It was a black ship, too, I, that's what which I'm, is like, funny. It's just painting. All the other ones are white and orange yeah. and blue and gold. I don't know what the <laughs> stealth is. Like I understand on a technical level, you can't no signals. That can't be traced. Can't be tracked. Yada, yeah. yada. But if you're looking for visuals in the sky, yeah. just paint it black. Yeah. Or put like little white dots <laughs> Of different sizes, Ooh, so it looks like stars. Yeah, You're there good. you go. You're good. You could have little bob- <laughs> bobbles of light yeah. on the outside oh, of the ship. Okay, um, because we're talking about the Canterbury blowing up, mm-hmm. Holden, one of our main characters, like a main character. He's our guy. Big face of the of the entire show. He's our guy. Um, besides Miller, to an extent. Um, he's in a relationship with this woman who works navigations on the Canterbury. Before the Canterbury is blown up, she says, there's something I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. What do you think she was going to tell him? I just thought I love you. I didn't get any very far. Oh, I was thinking pregnant, like stereotypical. Well, I guess yeah, same line. Rachel thought she knew something. Mm. Like maybe the Canterbury wasn't just a wasn't just hit because of the scopuli, but it was be- yeah. hit because somebody on there knew something. I could see that because we don't really have a full idea. Like there's not a like uh, another faction. It's a bunch of hodgepodge individuals uh-huh. that end up being this other rebellious force yeah. between Mars and Earth. You're talking about the OPA, the Belters, or both? Neither. Oh. Because the people in charge of that who blew up the Doniger and the Canterbury weren't either of those. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. There are people in this solar system yes. that just don't abide by a certain law Correct. or Correct. These were the ones who had the stealth technology, which yeah. were originally presumed to be Mars because they're the military power who yep. would have the structure and capabilities to develop the technology, yet it wasn't. And so they're still trying to frame it. They're trying to get the war to happen because, mm -hmm. of course, when there's a war, there's money to be made. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting to see that development that is no faction, but this super high intermediary is the word I am hoping for. <sighs> I'm going to cut out the silence. <laughs> <laughs> they end up being the ship that gets in the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. And before you even learn anything about Mars, that mostly happens in season two because yeah. you're in space otherwise. You're all learning of the Donninger and these very interesting, um, pr proud and... Very proud. Yeah, they're, they're very Like proud. smug asshole kind of proud. Yeah. Until their guard's down. Mm -hmm. it, are you done with episode one? Because I already would want to ask. I'm pretty sure it's episode two. When they get into the interrogating. Um, let's see. We meet Ava Solara, Christian. She's the UN yep. head. Um, we'd meet Miller. Do you like Christian? No. I think it's cool to see... Um, there's a lot of strong female actors. Actors. Mm -hmm. I've heard the debate on whether you I don't you care about actor. her as a person. Yeah. I'm talking about No, I'm, I mean that oh. she's a strong character. Oh, I don't okay. like her. Right. But I think her character's good. Yeah, okay. Like... I think it's a quality addition to the show, oh. but I don't like the character. Yeah. Does that make sense? I just want to know how you feel about the character. Yeah. I think she's a really good character for the show, but I particularly don't so like you don't the like character. Her. I don't like the character. Yeah. But I think she's necessary and good at the right. role. I, yes. Okay, cool. Should, you can just give me more than I thought you would. Ah. <laughs> yeah. When don't I? <laughs> wow. God. All it all started when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting with Christian, she has such an interesting dynamic development like the rest of the characters. She starts off, you see her torturing mm -hmm. one of the belters. Yeah. And I, I, the words are in my brain sometimes. Your poor belter bones <laughs> yeah. can't handle the weight of one G on our dear earth. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... She's painted early on as kind of maniacal. Yeah, a villain. Very much so. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have their moments, but I think overall they all, like, act, and they do what they think is right, and that adds, just adds to the political fire. I was just going to say, I think that's one of the best parts about this series is morality yes. comes across so often. Everybody has it. Who do you kill? When do you kill them? How do you kill them? If do you all. kill him at all? Yeah. And yeah, she's introduced as kind of this bitch who who has, is mean and fierce and doesn't mm -hmm. care about that person's life. Mm -hmm. But then she kind of does some really heroic things down the line. Mm -hmm. We're like, maybe she just had to kind of fill that role. Cause... Yeah. So then maybe, here's another bigger question, is um, how far away is this for 2022, 2023, current now, us civilization? How far till we colonize mars and start harvesting water from the asteroid belt um yes i think the 23rd century is a pretty solid guess <laughs> we're in the 21st right now right a yeah. couple hundred years hmm. the other fear aspect that made me fall in love with the show was how realistically scary horrific and dangerous the expanse of space 
really is. Mm. Oh my god, I didn't even think about the expanse as space itself. I thought ex- <laughs> I thought the thing that, I thought the thing that is expanding <laughs> was the expanse. This is great. Yeah, that's why the blue thing is the I, expanse. It's growing. Of course, can't stop it. Of course it is. What else would it be? <laughs> but they're in the expanse of space. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Space is dangerous, man. Yeah, it is. They do some bad. Oh, uh, when they things. first introduce the belters, the mm-hmm. ice block breaks and it hits the guy's arm, and you <laughs> that, see his arm floating that across was space. Such a good introduction. Because <laughs> yeah. the next scene, you're like, oh, they're fucking dead. Yeah. He's there, like, well, he's they're going to give me a new arm, yeah, right? Oh, getting... I don't want none of that biomedical crap. Yeah. And they're like, he wants a prosthetic because <laughs> it's not made, you know. <laughs> he's got the belter pride. Yeah. Every faction and the people who reside in it are proud of their faction. Which is very similar to reality. Oh gosh, yeah. What's yeah. interesting is the um, the people who end up being the main sakes for our show, who put that aside and try to figure out what's actually going on and what's the good and evil in the world. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, that was the last thing I would say about episode one is that we met Detective Miller, yes. who for the first two seasons is a main character. Very much so. Like, I mean, he gets almost half an episode every episode. I really liked Miller as a character. I'd put him in one of my tops. I also did. Sweet. Rachel asked why he wears the fedora. I said, (laughs) just wait. And then he goes, why do you wear the hat? And he goes, to keep the rain off my head. And I was like, see? (laughs) He has an answer, Rachel. (laughs) And then, did you notice the scene? It's after he loses the hat. Uh Uh-uh. There's water dripping. As he's walking through, I believe it's oh like, my God. like Tycho Station or it was like the Eros asteroid before the incident. Mm-hmm. And he just sits, stands there and lets a few drips fall on his face. Nice. Good and, pick. And, and he thinks to himself and he continues walking. Huh. Fascinating. I love right. that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, great attention to detail yeah. from you, the viewer, and from the people who tied that in yeah. to him saying it keeps the rain off my head. Exactly. Well, what's interesting, though, he's an Arthur who mm-hmm. has never been back to earth i forget why he was left because he originally if i recall was born there yeah and then he ended up being on series his whole life right he even got little implants in his spine to withstand the yep. change in gravity exactly and he you know but i don't remember for- i think if i remember right i don't remember right um <laughs> it was as a as a kid like he was brought there like okay. and then never went back yeah some of those details of like their past are interesting but they definitely fall away because yeah. there's just so much action. Even and... with Holden, who has apparently like eight sets of parents because he went through a foster system. Yeah. But then we only ever meet one mom. That was interesting. Well, yeah. There was a conversation when Christian meets with Holden's mom. At this point, they're wondering who the fuck is Holden? Who is this crew that is now tied to the explosion of the Canterbury, the explosion of the Doniger, this strange stealth tech? Why? Who are they? Are they terrorists? She's trying to get more information. And the mom says something along this line. He may have had eight mothers or whatever, but I'm the biological. I yeah. carried him for eight months. Yep. You got that written down? Um, I have it somewhere <laughs> in here. But yeah, yeah, sure. But I just, with the way they worded that, it was almost like they had their technology to, like, combine our genes. Mm. Like, if you're going to pick a baby. 
Oh. And like, I want my baby to be smart with sure. not that it's at that extent, but it seemed like it was some sort of manipulation. Yeah. Because of so the he had eight moms, but he was birthed through one canal, but all seven of the others had genetics. Yeah, pumped I don't know. Because the... didn't even Christian mention something about being part of it? I'd probably be. Don't take that one out. Yeah. But <laughs> I thought it was weird with the way they worded it. Yeah. But if they worded a foster care system, honestly, that just makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. All I have, that's episode seven that they talk to. Uh, okay. That Ava Sarala talks to <clears throat> Holden's mom in Montana. And the only thing I wrote was that Holden is born a rebel, but he's virtuous. He's very virtuous. He definitely fights where what he. To a fault sometimes. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, with season two, once you get more involved with the proto molecule, he's like vengeful. Yeah. Which I think is almost scary. Yeah. Because you have a lot of rocks holding him together, and none of them are like holding him down enough. He's not listening to any of them. Yeah. Hmm. So episode one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had no intention of going. We can bounce. We can bounce around. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I think I mentioned this if last can, time. If I can Let's flick just through, talk favorites. If I can flick through and find a moment, then that Perfect. works great. I just found episode so, seven. That quote, yeah. perfect. So then, let me ask you: After now seeing two seasons and getting a lot of very interesting characters, both introduced, developed, uh, key moments, and then even dead for a moment, or not for a moment, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite? And why? Well, it was shed. <laughs> Sorry, I asked. <laughs> that moment, in my opinion, is one of the coolest sci-fi deaths ever. So the um, the members of the Canterbury who are in the little um, cruise ship to go investigate the Scopuli, are get, they get picked up by the Martian Doniger and they get interrogated. Mm-hmm. And we find out Alex was once a uh, Martian Marine. And so he gets all dolled up, and then we don't know if we can trust him anymore, which is another great thing the show does is breeds distrust in each character. They say Naomi's OPA, and they're all like, are you OPA? She's like, no. And then she does OPA-type things, and you're like, maybe she is OPA. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, so they're, you know, the, then Donja gets attacked, and they're all tied up, and, and um, Shed's having a panic attack, mm-hmm. where Alex previously had a panic attack mm-hmm. when they were running out of oxygen. And... Alex is going to do him the favor and return the favor and give him this chemical that he gave him to help calm him down. And as he goes to throw it, the music stops, the sound stops. You hear one thunk. And then he turns and you see a hole in one side that's burned through. And you turn and you see another hole with blood coming out of the neck hole of shed going into the void of space. Oh, it's so good. And even with the detail... His head continues to pool blood up into a ball. Yeah. Just above the, you know. Because it's a liquid and the liquid, (laughs) yeah, the liquid connects. And then once gravity finally gets restored. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. One thing about that, which really accounts to the technology that I really appreciated, is all the details of like um, suit patching, Mm -hmm. hull breachment sealant uh the way they use paste or versus welding at some points mm-hmm. the way they always have mag boots and i think i mentioned before we started watching this this is one of the like more accurate depictions of what it would be like right because of the way one g is no g low g tr- space travel with multiple g's and the type of technology that would or could be used 
in like space. when they flip and burn they have to get an injection so that their body can literally handle that amount of force yeah to go in a different direction which i would be really curious what they call that juice yeah because that one wasn't really scientifically explained it just gives you an answer for being able to do it how they can go so fast yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but those um, are the types of things you let slide rachel brought up a couple of irks or or uh Ooh, okay things. so when they're fixing their antenna i think this is after this is when they're on that um is it the wrench yes that's <laughs> the one thing <laughs> yeah, it was the wrench but you knew i did <laughs> i don't know why the hell doesn't that wrench have a rope <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah for me or it was, was it that it flew away that it flew away uh it shouldn't have flown away we dropped it you're in space they're moving and yeah. now the wrench isn't moving at the Inertia. same speed it's moving with you it'll mm. it wouldn't move away that drastically oh sure it wouldn't fly away. It would float it, away at it, the same speed. Like, it, it got shot out of his hand. But like, well, no, it would just slowly, float, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. He'd drop it and it'd be like this. And you'd be like, oh, just come back here, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's a good point, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hers was, why isn't on a rope? That's even better, because, though. I like that. Like, it's so high tech. They have juice they inject in you so you can handle traveling at hypersonic speed, and they don't have a rope for your wrench to fix the outdoor stuff in space. Yeah. Or oh, a magnet. God. Why mm -hmm. not magnetic gloves? Because they have mag boots mm -hmm. or grav boots, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have a lot of cool technology with, um... oh, I'm trying to think of other things that have come up. Even the phones. The phones all... are sweet. A lot of the visuals and the screens are all completely see-through, mm -hmm. which I don't well, know. And they project around them. Yeah. So it's bigger than the phone. Right, which I thought was interesting. But I guess, yeah, the first thing that come to mind just from the shed, loss of shed, was the way they do incorporate technology. I'm sure some more will come up. But... Well, and they use a, uh, a three-ring binder to patch one of the holes, which technically would work. Yeah. I mean, Well, it's... depending on the material, it would probably get sucked Due to the force. Oh, yeah. It'd have to true. be a, like a metal three ring binder. Yeah. That's why I have to weld it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they then follow up who is your next favorite character? Yeah, yeah. This oh, all stems from the question who's your favorite? That, that's what we do, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think Detective Miller was my favorite. Now he's. I like all the dead guys. <laughs> I liked them before they were dead and yeah. then they died. That that's okay. Although, you can say I don't think Miller's gonna be gone. Gone. I was surprised that they said he was gone with the way that it ended because he's on that search for Julie Mao, who has just a little little toe and all these breadcrumbs. What's the Anubis? What's the Scopuli? What happened to the Dodger? Where are those ships? Why is Phoebe Station even being talked about? Exactly. It gets mentioned in like the sixth episode, and you're like, Phoebe Station? Exactly. <laughs> and then you, um, is it the same season, same line of thought with um, Eros, mm -hmm. the asteroid? And more or less, yeah, Miller meets his untimely death. Very interesting. I thought, because at this point, we don't know a lot about the protomolecule. I think it's afterwards where one of the scientists talks about how it was the it was the scientist that Miller ended up shooting off. Yeah. So we're quite quite progressed in the story at that time. It's yeah. after I or yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So then it was Miller killed him. So it's before he, he's ended. But that's still moment, in the first season. Oh gosh, yeah. They do a lot in the first season. Again, as like as a solid block building block. They get to a point. 
they find the person in charge of the portal molecule research mission, more or less who infected Phoebe Station. And you had those really weird white suit people with no empathy, mm-hmm. all bent on their technology. Cult. Cult. The person in charge, I don't even recall if we were given his name, but he talks about the protomolecule like a, like a god as a future for civilization and how unlike most things, it always is moving forward. Mm-hmm. It is always Evolving, evolving and advancing. Mm-hmm. So for Miller to find Julie, the way she was found at the Blue Falcon, and then find her again later at the Blue Falcon, mm. where he meets his demise, and she's in this very interesting, low G crystalline like a stasis. Stasis. I was just gonna say that word. It makes me so curious. On what the fuck the protomolecule actually is or will do. Because mm-hmm. then, is our extraterrestrial dude we start seeing later on, is he the protomolecule? Right. Or is he the product of the protomolecule? And to what degree? Um, I was reading some stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are people who call it a hybrid. It's not... A different species from somewhere else, but it is a human protomolecule hybrid. So somehow splicing the protomolecule into human DNA. Mm. And I, I don't know, because it consumes and never stops, wouldn't it eventually just overtake? I feel like, I don't know how you'd still know. maintain any sense of consciousness or humanity in that. Yeah. Well, it seemed like Strickland was, Strickland was the most recent uh, character introduced who is the pediatrician for the new botanist that joined the crew. This is right as the last few episodes of season two. Okay. And we have another man join our crew who's a scientist. He's a botanist looking for his daughter because he mm, oh. was, a, was a refugee of some capacity and needs to find his daughter. Strickland is, ends up being the biggest tie. His daughter is May. His daughter is May. Yes. Yeah, I just found that. Oh, perfect. And, yeah, it seemed that Strickland was experimenting on kids Mm -hmm. and had something to do with the protomolecule, but not entirely, because they ended up finding that casket with not May, but another child infested with the protomolecule. Yeah. What what, what does that mean? Um, In episode 11... You remember Draper from season one? She's the Martian oh, yeah. gal. Draper is She's the important. first one who saw the seventh man yeah. in that attack. And then You're saying in 11 of season two? Um, so Draper in, in season two, episode 11. I yep. was just seeing if you remember her being I, introduced in season Oh, gosh, one. yeah. Um, she, I she, like her a lot. She attacks the officer, and they reveal Project Caliban, which is a super soldier made up of protomolecules yes and so i think that's where the hybrid oh, yeah yes. hybrid idea comes i forgot in. about that by the way i looked up caliban it's from shakespeare's the tempest is a character who is impossible to control without magic <laughs> cool yeah that's actually really cool i like that a lot actually that just jogged a memory for me that person who we see in space that the crew ends up interacting with that's from caliban i would almost say without a doubt mm-hmm. because draper Ends up being very vital as well. When I they first introduced her, I'm like, oh, she's just some Martian. And she was hot-headed hot headed and full yeah. of herself. Some Martian hothead. Yeah. And 
is not just too blinded by her passion for Mars, which yeah. much of them are. Yeah. But their passion for their own faction. But she learns a lot. Passion goes through for the a faction. Passion for the faction. Learns a lot. Goes through the, a lot of troubles. And ends up finding this seventh man. Mm-hmm. And realizes that it was all just fucking experiments on them. Mm-hmm. Just to see how it would do. That's why I think oh. that we might leave the solar system. Is because it's like all of these major dwarf planets and asteroids that are being predominantly mined, Mm -hmm. they're just test sites where they kill hundreds of thousands of people for the sake of experimentation. Yeah. Where else is everybody? Like, like, just those specific asteroids. I feel like, yeah, but they're big ones. Eros and Phoebe station. Uh, isn't Ceres in that mix? I don't believe so. I thought Ceres was obliterated. If, Oh, that was Ganymede, which is a moon. Yeah. Well, they, don't get me wrong. You're right. They've experimented on a lot of places where many people had died. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the entire population being on Earth, Mars, and the belt. I suppose Mars is huge. You have yeah. a small station of Phoebe. Yeah. You have a small asteroid of Eros. And then you have the Ganymede station. It is still pretty contained, yeah. So more well, pretty I, contained. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still curious. You're probably right, though. I would love to see us go because we're on season two. I think there's six seasons already uh-huh. of this thing, uh-huh. if not more. I don't even know if it's finished. Yeah, but I think I will finish. There's it. also other planets, I suppose, that they could try to do something with. Yeah, they could go to Uranus. Yeah, they absolutely could go to my anus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So who's your favorite character? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain Miller and Shed. Or not yeah. Captain Miller, Sergeant Miller, yeah. Detective Miller. Yeah, it's Alex. Alex? A- Alex Kamal. He's up there a lot for me. Good set I think of morals, good two. sense of humor, mm-hmm. a lot of life experience, humble. Yes. Funny. Yes. A weird southern mix accent. Like, I don't quite get what oh, it is. Oh, honey, welcome aboard the Rocinante. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare for takeoff. Yeah, he's like sexualizing it. Yeah. <laughs> There Come on, go. guys. I made you some lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's see what she can do. Yeah. There's a, a scene that happens uh, recently, and I think it's like the last sixth, seventh maybe episode of the season, and he's getting real familiar with the Rasanante. They mm-hmm. have named their Mars getaway ship. I forget what it's I, refers to. I, I looked y- it up. It's the name of Don Quixote's horse. Oh, cool. And it's a very old horse. A very old horse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Holden says it means stands for something. Yeah, so the real trans they they fudged it a little bit. And sure. I think you can. I think there are multiple yeah, um, definitions. Yeah, exactly. Language because language. But in uh, Don Quixote, it's the old horse. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. And Don saying. Quixote is a book about the balance of reality and imagination, realism and idealism and humans grappling with death and its end. That's a book? I'll read that book. Yeah. What's the name of it? Don Quixote. Pretty, pretty, yeah, okay. pretty famous book yeah, by uh, Miguel de Cervantes. I would actually read that book. So I, th- I, I think the little detail. I, I really like that. No, like looking okay. up Caliban. What is that? Uh, Why is it named this? Yeah. It's named Rasinante because of mm. this. Like, it ties in really well. Mm-hmm. Do you have a guess of who my favorite character is? Alex is my second. Oh, really? Is it Naomi because she's fine as hell? No. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, is it uh, is it Christian's little kid that throws a water balloon? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Amos. 
Oh, fascinating. I really like his character a lot. I think he does. A, he has a couple key quotes mm-hmm. that have just made me fall more in love with the character. Yeah. And the more I see him show up in a scene where you can see the tensions getting high, I'm like, all right, what next badass thing is going to pull out of his ass to save everybody? <laughs> He's a loyal individual. He's as loyal as they get. He's as loyal as they get. He'll, he, die, he'll, die, for him, the, he'll die for the leader. Exactly. When you first meet him, you do think he's just a jarhead. But he is very smart and capable, and there's still a secret we don't know about him. He's quiet. Regarding his it's mother. very quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, there's a couple scenes. Um, I think it's season one, if not early season two, where they're in a conflict, and he's killing what needs to be killed mm-hmm. and protecting who needs to be protected. And so, some people yell at him, but like thank him for doing it. And he says something along the lines of, I'm not as good as you guys are. You guys are better than me, and I will do my job to protect you. Mm. Just in terms of morality. He knows sure. that he doesn't, he doesn't like killing people, yeah. but he's good at it. Yeah. And he feels bad about it. And so he fills the role knowing that's his he, talent, yes, but he's exactly doing it that. to save the people that he sees as better than himself. Yeah. Mm. And as season two progressed, you can see him look inward a lot because even with the time they're trying to help like the refugees, Alex is trying to give out food and whatever, and uh, Amos is there rationing. And some kid um, stands oh, yeah. up to him. He's like, you can't push my mom mm-hmm. and um, something along those lines. That breaks him. It does. He gets quiet and like the music stops yeah. and he gets the ringing in his ears. He has a secret with his mom that he's avoided twice that Alex has asked him about, which I'm very curious about cool. because they all have some deep background. Yeah. But then there's another scene, which I would love to talk to you about Fred Johnson. Oh, yeah. But the anti-hero. <laughs> is he? I mean, he's the butcher. <laughs> sure. We'll get there. There's a scene where they've already met Fred. They've become allied for some capacity. And they're discussing the control over a the missiles with Dawes. Oh yeah, Dawes is the nukes one they stole of the from the UN. Home leaders of the belt. He's the the. I think he's the face of the OPA on the belt. Definitely. It's just some people don't agree with him. Yeah. But I mean, that's everybody in this political show. Yeah. And they're losing the discussion more or less. And Amos is like, well, if we cut their air supply, we can buy them time. Because at this point, someone's gotten shot. They're bleeding out. They have to trust who are they. So they're on Tycho Station. Mm-hmm. And Amos is like, well, someone's got to do it. Puts on a suit, goes to the outside of the ship, which when you're on, on a station like that, it's spinning to mm-hmm. try and keep the G's proportional. Mm-hmm. He's almost about to fly off and he uses the mag boots and he's fucking out there. Oh, I remember getting that. Getting the gas line shut off. Yeah. And it's just the little things like that. Yeah. Because there's another scene that happens. He's doing the work. He he's boots, he, he's the work. boots on the ground. He's boots <laughs> on the ground. Even most recently, um, it's when you first find a little bit of the cult. The botanist joints, they're trying to find May, and they find this woman in clad white with a few soldiers eating at a table, and she offers them pizza. You guys want any pizza? But the botanist's like, well, I need my daughter. Sees the backpack in the cage. And they make one move to go for the gun. Amos shoots him, and then they have a small shootout. And That's when the hybrid escapes, right? Exactly yeah. that. Beyond that door, beyond that room, they end up being separated. 
for a time after some people die, people escape. A moment of silence and they thought they had recouped. Someone throws a grenade through the door and Amos immediately yells grenade, grabs the grenade, throws it through the door and then you just hear all hell break loose. <laughs> Scratching through the door and you're just like, they almost just... Yeah. What? Could have been over just like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then you look on the other side and you see the wreckage of this individual, the Caliban or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And just, there's a lot of scenes like that. He gets the job done. He's super cool. He has a, definitely a deepness to him that we don't know about yet. Very reserved. Yeah. Well, when it comes to personal stuff. Right, right. Well, a, a bit of a jughead, though. It's kind of funny. He had a line when Holden and Naomi finally got together mm-hmm. and Holden goes, was like, don't get me wrong. I'd fuck her if she'd let me. <laughs> but she's like a sister to me. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he, I don't know. He's just funny. He's yeah. funny in all the action-packed superhero kind of ways. Yeah. Yeah, I like, his, I like his character. I didn't like him at first. He seemed, like, yes. untrustworthy. And if he, like, was with Naomi on the mm-hmm. OPA thing that you don't know if it was true, mm-hmm. I I didn't like him at first. But then you kind of see some of the necessary evil. And this is why the show's morality and questioning mm-hmm. of it is so awesome. Yeah, you said that like, well. Do you need to kill someone? Well, maybe sometimes. I don't know, because mm-hmm. if you don't, they're going to shoot you in the back of the head. It seems that in this culture that they've developed in the show, it's much more acceptable for the sake of doing what needs to be done. Well, especially with two planets on the brink of war. Yes. Miller kills. Christian kills. Holden kills. Holden kills very rarely, but he does it. Yes. Naomi kills. Mm-hmm. Alex kills. Yes. When like he was that. running that sim like 80 times because he's he just hated himself for failure mm-hmm. oh that was really cool oh that was some and, character development right and there seeing them seeing him get really cool at piloting the rasinante yeah is really satisfying yeah yeah he tamed the horse he did <laughs> yeah all right prepare for a high g maneuver strap in for the juice <laughs> i'm sorry <clears throat> all right we're gonna have pre- 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 the rasinante for some high g maneuvers make sure you guys strap yourself and get prepared for the juice yeah. <laughs> And add some lasagna afterwards. <laughs> How metal was it that the OPA guy that was caught in season one literally leaned forward against the G-Force to avoid the juice to commit suicide? Oh, yeah. That's how he gave himself up. Like, yeah, I thought that was badass as hell. But, like, holy shit. <laughs> and then it misses. He doesn't get it. And then he just dies. It's so crazy. Which means, obviously, he knew a lot. He does. Oh, sure. He knew something. He had to die for something. Do you think at this point, though, we knew what he knew? There's this secret project. There's these people in working for it. There's more. Yeah. I there's mean, a not, 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 that the, not that the protomolecule is a red herring, but that there's something more to it, mm. right? Yeah. There's four seasons left. It can't just be that we know everything about oh, gosh, some yeah. of the secrets. But that's on the speculation that there's four more seasons. My ideal would be there's going to be a different threat. Oh, they might succeed, and it'll be a new storyline? Yeah. I see. Because with, with this show, everything progresses. True. Very quickly. Oh, and it's left behind, which would actually fit the themes from before. Yeah. Huh. Heck, they could leave a solar system because the portal molecule took over mm-hmm. Earth and Mars. and they had Yeah, Earth. you don't go to the Milky Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting to see. But honestly, I am hooked. I probably will watch oh, I'll finish it. the rest of it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson. He um 
they I think they first tell us about him when he commits his 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 last mission before quitting. And that was this interesting dialogue they start to introduce with a small little station. Was it Phoebe Station? It was um, a different station. Yeah. I'm looking for it now. Okay. More or less, you have a group of refugees. They're on a ship headed in a direction, and they're caught up by the Tycho Station. This is, I would imagine... Episode, episode four is the first okay. appearance of the Tycho Station. Okay. Um, and the building of the Nauvoo and Fred Johnson. Okay. Is it the is the Nauvoo the... The ramrod that they built to... right. I guess I thought Tycho Station was where Fred Johnson was located. And the Nauvoo was being built at Tycho Station. Oh, okay, okay. Tycho Station's big enough. Right. So then what I'm referring to with those refugees, separate thing. I don't... We, oh, the ones that were on a phone call? Yeah. They're trying to surrender. Yeah. And apparently Fred Johnson never yeah, got that message. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. That was how you get introduced to him. Yeah. And so they definitely paint him as like some ferocious warlord. Which is so interesting, as you keep bringing up, that trust and morale is definitely, like, twisted. So you don't know any of that with each character. Yeah. There's always something you don't know. I doubted Miller at times. Yeah. Uh, yeah I did. Because he was working for a corrupt leader. Yeah. So you don't know if he... And, and then and, the corrupt leader... Yeah, boots him because <laughs> he's getting too close to the truth. Uh, also, he was paying off that scummy landlord... To not come check his air filters. He's yep. like, as long as those air filters are good, you pay me, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. And then the air filters crack, and a bunch of people got sick because they lost oxygen. Well, he beat up the guy to fix the air filters. Like, breathing's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how he got back at him after the fact. But I just mean the fact mm. that the fact that he's like a corrupt cop in a way that he first talks to that guy, takes some money, and says, sounds like your air filters are working just fine. He doesn't check. Because he got uh, paid, but then they go bad, and then he hurts him and says... I didn't know he was checking the air filters the first time. Mm-hmm. That's actually interesting. Because yeah. honestly, if the guy was doing his job, that shouldn't have been an issue. I agree. So, so like, hey, I you don't... want me to check? Okay, um, What's his other... What's his buddy's name? Is it Gavrick or... or Who's? Um, Miller's? Havelock. The, um, he looks like he might be Hispanic or, oh, or native. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. The one that uh he's questioning he's the moral justice side mm-hmm. of miller's operation mm-hmm. and the two of them go back and forth constantly on it yeah and he talks about you know serving up the plate of justice and miller's like hold your horses there buddy like there's kind of a code here right and then havelock gets nailed to a wall yeah amos is the one that takes him doesn't it uh-uh. because amos and miller have an out or like a they yell at each other about having one of his men killed Oh, maybe. Is that not Havelock? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Havelock was the, um, he's in the I first mean, few episodes, and then um, he's talking to that uh, Belter gal who is a, uh, a sex worker, and he's learning the language so that he can try to, like, oh. fit in. Yes, different character. I forgot about him. Yeah, me too. Did he die? You think he's going to, but no. Somehow he survived getting shot in the sternum with a two-inch nail. I don't remember how he left him. Um, they actually, went through. A, they, I'm. I'm always impressed that how dense and yet quickly we go through characters. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it's hard really to keep cool up actually people. at times. Because there, once Miller finally comes up with the Rasanante crew, 
Amos and him are like at it because there's a point where there's a standstill. You have to see who can make it, who can't. And Amos shoots um, one of Miller's buddies. I mm. think he was black. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the larger set guy. Oh yeah, he was he another voice him. of reason. He shoots him because he he said he wasn't gonna follow Holden's order no matter what or something like oh. that. Oh, mm. Amos did it because of loyalty. Yes, you denied the captain. I deny you life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honestly though, that's kind of how he operates. Yeah. Huh. I I recall I Dimitri though. He, I thought he was an interesting character. I thought he for sure would be a lot more of like a. Like a Captain America. Yeah, I'm trying to see where he disappears because I don't remember him dying officially. He might have just left. Or maybe he was still in the hospital. Hmm. Maybe the last time we saw him, he was in his bed. Maybe. Because all this takes place in like a week. Oh, yeah. Like the time of the the actual real time in the world of the Expanse, it's not very long between all these events. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they blow up the ship on day one. It's still day one in episode two when they get picked up. It's still day one on episode three. Yeah. It's like, very intense. Like, there's a, it's a tough day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Did I you know uh, they're based off books? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I started looking into it a little more. I thought it might have been in the titles, but I thought it would be pretty good books to read. Mm-hmm. You know who wrote them? Mm, I can look it up. I actually don't Dim- see. Oh, I don't see Havelock mentioned in any of my notes after this. Oh, that's I, funny. They like he like just disappeared from the show, <laughs> which means he'll probably he's probably in the hospital healing because mm-hmm. it hasn't been very long since he had a hole blown in his chest. Mm. So he'll probably be back. The Expanse is a series of science fiction novels by James S. A. Corey. Cool. There you go. It's the, that's the joint pen name of authors Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. When were they written? Published 2011 to 2022. Oh, they're still, they were still writing it. For a while, yeah. Because this show was 2015. I was just going to ask when the first season of that was. Yeah. Here on Google, it shows a little adaptations. Hmm, nice. But there is one, two, three, four, five, six. There are ten books. Like, whoa. Whoa, spoilers? No, just one of the books is named Caliban's War. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's also Leviathan Wakes, Abaddon's Gate, Cibola Burn, oh. Nemesis Games. Um, These were names of the episodes, are they not? Oh, are they? Uh, I could look. Oh my gosh, the controller. Big empty. Remember the can't. Cop. Oh, oh, maybe not. Maybe, the, maybe those names are just referenced in the show, because a couple of those sounded very familiar. Oh, Leviathan Wakes is a name of the 10th episode of season one. And that is the book that was, that's the first book published in 2011. Oh, so I wonder if it took 10 episodes to get through book one. Oh, maybe. Let me see what the last episode, season two was called. Caliban's War. Look at that. Oh shit, there's going to be 10 seasons. Maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. Okay, okay, okay. I just got to look for science. (laughs) Okay, episode 13. Abaddon's Gate. Oh, oh there you go. Okay, okay, okay. This. One more, one that more. That detective type shit. Oh, oh, it's the Cabala Bird. Yeah, every season is a book. That's actually great that they're doing a season of book because sometimes, like, you know, with movie adaptations, mm-hmm. you put a whole book into two hours, you're going to miss something. And yeah. it's not always, like, the best stuff to miss or the worst stuff to miss. It's just, you know, yeah. sometimes you need all the juice. I agree. You need that juice. Well, and these episodes are, what, like 40 minutes? 
Yeah, 40, 45. They're really digestible. Yeah, but still capable. Yeah, Nemesis Games. Then it's going to be Babylon's Ashes, which are not even too... Oh, oh, we are. Okay. What book is Babylon's Ashes? Babylon's Ashes is the sixth book. at the end, It's at the end of season six. On episode six? Are you kidding me? There's only six episodes in season it's six Satan. right now. That's actually funny. <laughs> so I'd be curious then how they... I hope they get... I should see they got Seriously, funding. though, again, the attention to detail for those little things. Yeah. Like Actually, how I've... Caliban is named, <laughs> how how uh, Rasinante is named. I had a couple of other ones I was trying to look for. That's actually real cool. That makes me super happy. Yeah, they have a lot of really cool stuff like that. Ceres is a real dwarf planet, by the way, between Mars mm -hmm. and Jupiter. I'm aware of that. I didn't know that. I think um, Eros is Jupiter a has a shit ton of Mar uh, moons. So does Saturn. Let's see. Moons of Jupiter. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so glad I'm going through these. Do you remember? 92. Nice. So we got moons. a few places to explore. Yeah. So with what I said, they may not ever leave the solar system because <laughs> they, we've seen three of right. thousands yeah. of possible locations. Um, do you remember the clear pill that gets taken during interrogation? I wanted to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that I was, have a we, note on it. Oh, perfect. I think, yeah, it crossed my mind when we were just about to talk about episode two. Go for it. Does it, well, it comes, for me, it comes with a question to you. Do you think that it increases perception that it lets you maybe read, like, information off of a body? How do you think it works? Yeah, I wondered that. After they, we've seen it ingested, I think, four times total. Two or three. Three, three or four, that I can remember. Three or four times. Lorez, Lorez, who died, the tall, lanky, scary Martian dude. Yes. Um, he'd used it twice. Yes. And then we saw um, with Dra Draber. Draper? Dra Draper. Um, she was being okay, interrogated and it was used yep. once there. Oh, I perfect. don't, there may no, be another No, one. you're right. Those, I couldn't remember. I just threw a number out there. It's expensive and not used very often. Yes. I'm assuming. The way it's used, their pupils dilate, and they lean forward, and they get very monotone. Hands on the table. <laughs> he said hands on the table to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're good. They get very, well, interrogative. And they ask questions um, in rapid fire, but they're focused. Mm -hmm. My thought is that... It lets their brain work at a higher capacity mm. to link the words they're hearing into what they've previously heard. Ah, uh, sure. In addition to perhaps body recognition. Oh, there's so a bit of slew of things. Like super, super Sherlock drug. Uh, yeah, that's kind. Of, I just kind of made it the interrogation. How you would drug. answer a question tells you about how you grew up as a child, so yeah. they know, like, oh, your mom if, was. If you, if I ask you a question and you say yeah versus yes. That's yeah. got some connotation to it. So the way they answer their questions, in addition to how they answer, what they answer, mm -hmm. they have such a quick way of asking questions in succession. So improved perception, increased uh, calculation. Increased cognitive questioning capabilities uh -huh. is the easiest way I could say it. You want me to look it up ICQAs. Yeah, if there's an answer, that'd be cool. Well, Let's maybe see. not because it'd be, it might... It might be addressed in a future season. I actually don't want to know. Okay, I'll just look for myself. <laughs> I can hear the click-clack of my new keyboard. 
Oh, yeah. What color switches do you got under those keys? Red. Oh, I'm a brown kind of guy. I know. We've talked about that. <laughs> um, I was trying to find... Eros is a real asteroid, mm. by the way, that orbits Mars. I think it might be addressed later because there are a few answers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I'll tell you that we were mostly right. Nice. I mean, it does seem apparent. I just wanted to know what you thought because it, yeah. it just looks like a water droplet. It's clear. Exactly. And it's just tiny. And it's, it's like and a, it's in its instant. Yeah. Well, you know what it's like? It's like the limitless pill. Ah, uh, which is clear. Which is clear. And instant. <laughs> and instant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny i know fred johnson they he's one of the guys who had the most interesting character arcs for me mm -hmm. because you first figure out he's like a tyrannal warlord but as you speak with him he's tactical and caring and like everyone else on the show he's loyal to earth mm -hmm. but even so he ends up slowly becoming intertwined with the belt and as much as the people try to fight for the belt between Mar Earth and Mars, no one on the belt ever accepts them. Mm -hmm. But he's still there. Mm -hmm. And so he slowly starts getting deals, questioning Holden, trying to get resources for, for himself, trying to get into places of power, doing some fishy things, but very tactically. Mm -hmm. He's a very experienced individual. I think they show that well. He's smart. Which is why... And he has also a loyal right-hand drummer. Yes, he does. She's a badass, she's too. A, she's a badass. There's a lot of badass lady characters in this show. Uh, the end of season two. Mm. They leave Fred with some valuable things. Is it the nukes? Yes. That's what no, it's not. Oh. oh, it's with the sample. Because Naomi never sent it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about breach of trust. Yeah. But she ends up saying, well, well, if Earth has it and Mars has it, the belt, the belt has to have it. Because otherwise, it's a technological war that we're not a part of. Yeah. And we're going to be stomped over. Well, yeah, they can, they can shoot literally a dart into one person in a community and then the war's over. Yeah. Scary as fuck. Yeah. They leave it. She leaves it with Fred Johnson. Uh -huh. Do you think, as of right now, knowing what you know, that that's a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> she should have launched that shit. It should have become the new OPA mission to just destroy all versions of the protomolecule and make it as public as possible that it even exists. How do you do that? Who has it? Yeah. Where is it? Where did it come from? What's I know. You see, you're said then done, right? <laughs> right. That No, that, that's what I'm You have hoping. all of Earth after you. <laughs> all of it? Yeah, all of it. And Mars. Yeah. But that's what I'm really curious to see how it progresses in the following season. I think Fred would be a decent character to have it from what I've seen so far. He seems to take calculated risks. Mm -hmm. He killed 50 innocent civilians who were surrendering. That that's only because he didn't get the message they surrendered. Exactly. So it was, it was not – he wasn't doing it maliciously. He's not evil, or yeah. at least it doesn't seem to be that he's evil. Right. He's made mistakes, and he's admitted that he's mm -hmm. made mistakes. There's the point where they start to get into a – tactical plan to destroy Eros with the missiles. Uh-huh. This is where the protomocula infested the whole thing. It's all basically a shit show. When the asteroid becomes sentient. It becomes <laughs> sentient and flies. Fred Johnson gains control of those missiles. Takes 30 of them for himself. The rest are dead. And at this point, 
he's in the belt, and he's debating with the rest of the belters. What do we do? This is when Amos makes his badass shut the gas. To... And he talks very realistically. We're not going to do a damn thing with these missiles. We just need to have them. Because if they use them, the belt's the enemy. And they're clearly not able to withstand Mars, let yeah. alone Earth. Yep. And we're not going to use them. We're not going to give them to Earth because they're going to use them against Mars. We're not going to use Mars. They're going to like you know. We're not going to use these. Mm -hmm. This will be a spark for a war that we don't want. When yep. Dawes is much more the rebellious, let's stick it to them. Stick it to them. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is I which think. I think is smart. I think mm. Fred thinks logically. Yes. The belt has nothing they can do. Yeah. To counterattack after those missiles are gone. Exactly. You'd use them, and then what? Then all of you die. Exactly. Cool. Good and job. That was a scene where I really started to appreciate Fred a lot more mm -hmm. because they originally painted him as not that kind of guy, yeah. which have definitely changed your opinions on a lot of the people they first introduced you to. Uh -huh. Even Dawes. I don't think I ever liked Dawes, but there were moments where I was like, there were, Maybe he's got something. I agree. I had the same feeling. <laughs> I hated his. I hated his guts. Yeah. And then what? I was like, you know, that kind of was a cool thing right there. Yeah. And then he does it again. I'm like, no, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. I still think he's a piece of shit. Hmm. He's angry, which rightfully so. The Belters are treated like dog crap. Yeah. But you don't. I mean, just genocide isn't the answer. Well, the one thing in Dawes' defense with this debate is that it was not him. Who raided Fred Doss? It was the more tatted OPA member. I think he was he ginger, brown hair, kind of clean cut. But he was another the young kid. No, older with a beard. Oh. He had like a, a vengeance to use the missiles, and so he was the one who had a small squad that excluded Dawes to come in and kill Fred and take him from him. Hmm. That was that whole showdown. Oh. Dawes wasn't there. Oh 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 okay. I didn't pick up on that. No, that's okay. There's so much in there's, this show. Yeah, it, it's so dead. Like, I just found another uh, blurb on the technology. Mm -hmm. You remember Kenzo? He was the spy sent from the UN by Alvasara. Uh, onto the Rasanante ship? Onto the Rasanante ship. He has built-in eye technology yes. to take pictures, transmit messages. Like, we hadn't seen that with anyone else. Mm -hmm. We've seen body modification, but we haven't seen... Uh, cyborg, cyborg mm. type specifically, yeah. So I thought that was cool. I think that, yeah, that's really cool. And then My I also, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking with that type of technology, I always wondered, like, when did you see it? If I'm looking at you and you have tiny screens on the front of your lobe, yeah, or not lobe, but you know, eyelid, yeah, I'm seeing your frontal lobe, but that's your brain, yeah. I feel like you would notice, or a reflection that doesn't look right, sure, or when it shudders, does it shudder? Yeah. So, like, there's points where Holden is looking directly. He's like this close to that face. <laughs> yeah. For reference here, Scott just put his hand like two inches. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's, he's close. He's looking at the camera. And I always thought they would notice something. Yeah, I, I agree. That was another thing that bothered me about, like, it seems like a little bit of a missed point. Yeah. Like the wrench. <laughs> like the wrench. I agree, though. I That's think, funny. And, I mean, maybe it's, maybe they only showed it to us, the viewers, to show it's there. But. In the real world of the expanse, it's invisible. Yeah, it's so high tech that like you just can't see it. It's painted black, so it's super stealthy. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to be stealth? Black paint. Um, uh, I also found that um, Jules Pierre Mao mm -hmm. invented the protomolecule. Yes, he didn't find it. Well, 
That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. I actually don't think that's true. Ah, so he has his secret. Of course. Yeah. Everybody has a secret. Yeah. Don't well, trust and anything. And it's funny, Aaron Wright, mm -hmm. the uh, UN, head of the UN, yep. wanted him dead. Mm. But then he wanted, he wanted, no, that's not right. Who? He wanted his favor. Aaron Wright wanted Jules Pierre Mao's favor, and he wanted uh, Al, Al, uh, Christian mm -hmm. dead. What was the name of the white guy who is often on board at the UN with Christian? The younger kind younger, of kind of douchey. That's guy. Aaron Wright. That is Aaron Wright. Yeah. I thought he had a na different name. Salinger says Sadzier. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Hmm. But he has a very interesting development through his character, where you see him working with Jules for a while. Mm -hmm. Does that ring a bell for it? Because eventually he's like, oh, "No, Jules was using you." And he starts to turn. Yeah, that was Aaron. That's Aaron, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't think they say his name a lot. I had to look it up. Okay. <laughs> I looked it up by actor. I did IMDb and looked up the actor and then got his name. Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's who you were talking about? Sadavir. That's the name. of His first name is Sadavir. Oh, why did I say Aaron? Because that's his last name. Oh, it's Sadavir Aaron? Sadavir Aaron Wright. Oh, Aaron, Aaron Wright. Wright. Aaron Wright. Oh, my God. I thought it was Aaron Space Wright. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Sa I Yeah, I thought he had a different first name. I didn't realize his last name was Aaron Wright. There so you go. More or less, he's, his name is not mentioned a crazy amount of times. No. Because everyone knows and respects each other. They just say hi. Well, especially how a, that high up in the UN. Yes, very much so. Uh, he is a very interesting turn of character. Once Draber, from the Mars mission with the seventh blue man, he, she comes in to Earth and talks between the Mars ambassadors and the Earth ambassadors, is this, trying to recount her. Is this the first summit that she goes to before she turns herself into the UN? Or after she's turned herself into the UN? She, she visits Earth twice. Once to tell her story, and then again when they try to kill her, and she seeks asylum. That's the same... It's the same moment? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I guess the same day. She's oh. still the same visit. Yeah. yeah, okay. Might be a different episode. I see. That might be why. Sure. I know what you're saying, though. Like I said, this all takes place in like a week. It's a very <laughs> dense show. Like, Well, what's so interesting with that interaction, too, her being on Earth and asking for refuge, refuse, whatever... Her Martian in command is the one who ended up telling her about the Caliban project. He knew a lot, and I never liked him. Uh -huh. And he always tried to play, like, the consoling father. Is he the same guy who interviewed her? When, no. When, okay. The, the guy, guy who interviewed her was black. Because the guy who interviewed her also tried to plant a seed that she didn't see what she saw. Yeah. They were trying to cover it up. Yeah. It almost makes you think that Marcia, Marsh, Mars, the Martians, do know more. Way more. Mm-hmm. But which is so interesting because the ambassadors are so nonchalant. Mm -hmm. Like when they were having their meeting, I was like surprised at how stupid the Mars ambassadors were. Mm. Because the Earth ambassadors, Christian and Sadavir, they were asking the right questions. They were curious. They were offering peace. They had a little bit of funny sass back and forth. But it's that weird high power political jargon where yeah. you're like, okay, well. Shots fired. Yeah, we need your vote. We don't, so. need, we don't want a war, but we need you, you asshole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and this is another moment. It was built up to this, but Christian became a better and better person. Mm -hmm. Just a better and better person, like wanting to find the true answer. Yeah. Once she found out that she was part of some something corrupt, yeah. 
then she actually does kind of go a little hero mode, which is why, you know, when you introduce, when they introduce her, you're pull back to bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah. I like a lot of the space scenes, like with, with the space flying actually, and the way they did use gravity. It talks about having it be the most accurate for how it would be. And I definitely noticed just in the second episode, when they start the episode by the cant crew flying through the Canterbury mm -hmm. debris, and it's just a storm of debris. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. They never show that in a space explosion movie. Not at all. Like, you watch Star Wars or some other. I, uh, the, the debris. The Star ones. Yeah. Star you know? Trek. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Those. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Far <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they have an explosion, they just, it's gone. Like, yeah. they don't go back to it. Incinerated. You, you see a big explosion, and then there's no parts. This showed, like, those parts are still flying hundreds of thousands of miles an hour yeah. in that direction, and that direction, huh. and that direction. Huh. That'd be funny if, if, like, in a Star Wars movie, like, just a random piece of scrap metal <laughs> just flies by, and they're like, what's that? Oh, that was from the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> you have a shed moment? Yeah. Someone's head gets just <laughs> impaled by a rogue scrap of the Death Star. <clears throat> yeah, there's a scene where um, they're planting bombs on Eros. I think they're going to blow it up before it starts to, like, divert course. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to go to that. And Miller is planting the bombs with... Um, Diego. Diego. Um, Belwala. <laughs> yeah, Belwala. I love the use of language in the I show. I do. Too. Is it real? Do you know if it's a real language? Not at all. They said um, it was forms of Creole. Creole, which is a real language. Oh, is it? But I don't know if the forms of Creole that they're speaking are real forms of Creole. Interesting. I didn't know Creole was a language. Do you know that, Orangen? Oh no, I don't want to butcher it and make myself a fool. Okay, well, I'll take a guess. <laughs> Sure. I'm gonna guess Creole is a um, a French African derivation of the islands in the Caribbean. No, dang it. A Creole language, or simply Creole, is a stable natural language that develops from the process of different languages simplifying and mixing into a new form, and then that form expanding and elaborating into a full-fledged language with native speakers, all within oh. a fairly brief period of time. So Creole is more of a broad term. I think so. So the fact that they specified the type of Creole they were speaking then gave it its identity. Cool. Ah, here's an example where the Louisiana Creole language is mostly a combination of French and African languages, but that's different types of Creole languages. I'm going to say I was right. Okay. Because <laughs> honestly, I liked it because I thought it was a good way to show just the progression of culture. Yeah. So in, in this futuristic world, you're going to have new technologies. You're going to have new peoples. You're going to have new ideas. You're going to have new words. You're yeah. going to have new ideas. You're yeah. going to have new languages. Yeah. And the way they dis and interact with each other. Belwala. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, I think Belwala is incorrect. I think it's Beltaloda. And then I think Belwala is a word. Be Wellwala. Oh, you're right. Is traitor to my people. Yeah. Which we learn in the first episode. Yeah. Because Miller is a supposed traitor to his people for right. something. Yeah. For being Earther. Yeah, exactly. For literally being born on Earth, he's yeah, a traitor to his people. Exactly. Cool. Because he's fighting for the belt, but he's yeah. from Earth. Yeah. They're yeah. not so intelligent, all yeah. those belters. Which is so interesting then with Miller's story, because with the way we left him, I actually don't think he's dead. But Naomi brought it up to Fred about having the story of Mao and the belter, I'm sorry, Miller, together on Eros as like a sacrifice. Because Miller's an Earther who fought for the belt. And Mao is a Martian, Martian who fought for the belt. Yep. And they both died together. Yep. 
for the belt. Yeah. Like it's, it's the way Naomi laid it out is so true. It's like that's another political. That's a really tie. OPA type thing to say, Naomi. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I think she still might be. She might be that deep undercover. I don't. She's so smart. She knows way too much, and she's very careful about how she decides to do things. She always tries to de-escalate first. Sure. I think that's just because she's nice, though. I think she's a great character. Yeah. But I think that her skill sure. set comes from some sort of special I training. I would be surprised. To, well, I guess that's true. We don't know her full background yet. How More does she or less, know she so said much? She said she was an engineer. Why are you so smart? Oh, I went to school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but... You could imagine the type of career and capabilities you would have develop as you work as an engineer in True. this culture Facts. on Mars. Absolutely. Earth. Absolutely. Yeah. You still think? I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. That's a no, great, no, no, no. It's great but point. I still think, do you still think there's a chance that yes. she'll be real? Okay, okay, okay. 100%. As an OPA. Yeah. yeah. I think that huh. it's going to be a great twist later, way later on when you least expect it. Have you ever heard the theory that Captain America is actually the head of Hydra? No. It's a great theory. There, I, we don't have time for it. Is there it. a what if? We don't have, it? Yeah, I think so. Um, we don't have time for it. But there's a lot of evidence that a lot of the things Steve Rogers has done in the comic book universe could lead to him being a, a very deep undercover Hydra agent. That'd be kind of bad. And I'm like, oh, man, that's terrifying. Hail Hydra. <laughs> exactly. Huh. Cool. Uh, si sidebar. Oh, no. Yeah. Back to your point. You were talking about Miller with Diego. And then we got off topic on language. Not off topic. Different topic. That was just a scene you were referring to earlier with the debris. They're planting the bombs. And there is an explosion that happens. He starts getting wailed by debris. Mm. Which actually is what breaks the bomb, isn't it? Yeah. He gets knocked over. He has to hold his thumb on it. And he ends up bringing it into arrows. To Personally, that episode for me, everything that wasn't Agent Miller, I think should have been cut from the episode. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I wanted I, more Agent Miller. I was, it was like... It was way too much of a climax to be going back to these other locations. I know it was the talking about the asteroid running into the Earth, and mm -hmm. it was a big deal and all that. Okay, never mind. I just talked myself out of it. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal. You had to see it. But I wanted just I just wanted yeah. to watch Miller's part there. D was D I forget. Diego had a really interesting story. Was he the one thrown out of the airlock by his dad? Do you remember that scene? Yeah, I think he was. I, I, for, I couldn't recall if it was exactly. You want to know what I did? I said, we haven't seen that guy since, and Diego looks kind of like him, so I'm going <laughs> to say that it's him. That's what I did! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he? And he was a belter. Yep. And he wasn't super bright, but he yep. had a lot of passion. Yep. Pretty um, witty. Yep. And he wasn't going to die out there. No. His dad left him, ejected him in a spot where he was going to get picked up by somebody. Well, yeah, there was one conversation with which made me go, wait, is that that guy? It's like, once those guys picked you up floating in space, uh, something along those lines, I'm probably butchering it so that yeah. favors my idea, but it's just like... <laughs> We're accepting it. Was that guy picked up? It's, oh. can it's canon. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> it's canon. Someone will tell me that I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, I yeah. actually loved, I loved that moment for Miller because it was his true... Like, he was emerging from the chrysalis as mm. as who he is. Yeah. He made the self-sacrifice. He had to talk to Julie. He was in love. That's yeah. why he he wasn't in love until he started finding out what her life looked like. Yeah. And then he saw who she was yeah. through the clues, and he, he lit. He fell Which, in love. At first, I thought it was so weird and kind of, tr like, cliche tropey, falling in love with your work. But, like, 
he had a lot of good points of why because he's just been his own lonesome self just like julie was and not necessarily excuse me that love was the driving force more than his curiosity but they definitely merged as he went into his investigation where's julie mal what happened to julie mal what's with this proto molecule what do you know where's his father he kept her necklace yeah, the he whole never, time. He never, he never got rid of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked that he had to hit that dead man switch constantly, like every minute. And he had to get that bombing in the center. Mm-hmm. I do wonder. Oh, no, I, I guess I know the answer. I was going to say, I wonder why he didn't get taken over by the proto-molecule that was growing on Eros. But it's because Julie had tried to, was fighting its consciousness. You think so? Yeah, oh, definitely. Because he, she was the one steering it. Oh, right. She wanted to go home to Earth. Mm-hmm. And he had to convince her not to. Mm-hmm. I still think we never, like, we don't know the protomolecule. No. I think it, it's still contagious because the people on Eros all got infected and yeah. died. So I feel like unless he burned into a fiery fate, Miller's gone. Maybe. Maybe Mr. Mao was doing some experimentation with his daughter at some point, And so she has some sort of... I, extra ability over it or maybe knows how to like navigate it a little bit so instead of the proto molecule evolving her form into a new chrysalis stasis thing you think she was already experimented on giving her some sort of way of coping with it i'm saying it's possibility i don't know if i think that it wasn't it wasn't her body right on eros uh I don't well, think it was her body. I think it was a manifestation from the molecule. Well, that same spot was the Blue Falcon Hotel where oh, they found yeah, had her to body be, had to be in her. the shower. Yeah, which means she was the so she was the origin of the proto molecule taking over Eros. And taking over Eros, yes. And so she was the origin of the Eros version of that expanse. Like, she was the brain because she was the origin for it. Oh, she was the origin of that evolution. Of that particular of... growth. Yes. Mm, okay. So then there are more protomolecules can slowly evolve into some sort of consciousness, depending yeah, may- on who takes it yeah, over. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Well, was Eris the one that crashed on the sun? Onto Venus. Venus. Because yeah. in the last... Season two? ...episode of season two, we see that crater. Yeah. In a very interesting perspective yeah it's not gone yeah the way the protomolecule took over that solar thing was going to investigate the crater it just got broken apart by every piece yeah strange expansion yeah yeah i don't know there's a lot that's why i think miller's not gone Hmm. but let's be honest though his body may be gone okay all right i'm with you i was just gonna say if you're flying (laughs) in an asteroid (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of miles towards <laughs> a large mass. Venus is a gaseous planet, is it not? I believe so. Or no, that's uh, it's our twin, that's but it's Jupiter. They're both. We have many gas planets. Is not a gas planet. Is a rocky planet. I know it's always referred to as Earth's twin. You're okay. right with the Jupiter, and I believe Saturn. Yeah. Are our other gas planets? Man, this is taking me back to, like, fifth grade solar system <laughs> knowledge. Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune. Mm. Uranus. For Uranus. Hmm. 
What's funny is that Venus does show up when I type gas planets in our system. Oh, since this is um the point we're at, this isn't. <clears throat> I have it actually as episode nine of season two. Oh, that's where we see the impact, not where they show its mm. effect. Oh, sure. But um, this um. Why do I have it as called Arbogast though? I don't know. Was there? A, oh, they called. They, they named. They named the seventh man. Oh, Arbogast. The seventh man being that hybrid-looking thing from the Caliban project. I think so. Okay. I guess I don't remember. I may have taken a bad note. They said the name Arbogast. Sure. So I put that, it down. Yeah, that's okay. Arbogast was a Roman emperor, oh. first to nominate his own puppet emperor. Like decoy. Cool. Oh, and the seventh man is named Arbogast. Mm. From the Caliban project of those impossible to control without magic. So you think there's a, a there, decoy out there? There's. I think that is the decoy. I think that maybe the Expanse really is, like you said, maybe Mao's secret is that he didn't create the molecule but found, or got uh, employed to be like a human... Uh, spy for mm -hmm. the protomolecule mm -hmm. to spread it. So he's the nominated emperor of the protomolecule. But there's really something bigger yeah. in charge. At this point, you're getting him. to like an Illuminati-type position where you have these higher powers who know way more than the main governing bodies. And they're which is kind of what's Which is kind of what's happened with a lot of this stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. The, most of the belters are just streetwalkers. Mm-hmm. Most of the Earthlings are pampered, but then the UN knows way too much. Mm -hmm. And you have Mao, who's an Earthling, but mm -hmm. works with somebody mm -hmm. to work on this bioweapon. And the Martians are just a, a military power devote to an ocean on Mars with mm -hmm. more... Do they have the ocean yet? No. I didn't think so. They have small plant structures, like the botanist scientist was saying. But the problem that they have is when one part of it fails, that'll cascade, and the rest will fall soon after. Which means this bioweapon would really fuck Mars up. Oh, gosh, yeah. Hmm. Whoops. Yeah. Do you have anything more? Otherwise, I'm feeling pretty good here. Yeah, me too. I think I think we liked the show. First impressions, 0 out of 10? <laughs> yeah. I think an 8. Most of it is from that the dialogue is still campy at times, mm -hmm. but you kind of learn to like it. Yeah, it's, it's realistic enough. It's interesting because the way that the future has developed these cultures is that the people are very morally conscious mm -hmm. and they speak their soul. I wanted to touch on that last bit. I had a few things jumbled around. Sure. So you're good at bringing me back. Empathy. Mm-hmm. The scientists had essentially received lobotomies to remove their empathy sensors. Mm -hmm. And morality and empathy in this show are so huge because somebody like Fred Johnson thinks about the people. Mm -hmm. He can empathize. And so he's not going to do anything with those nukes because he can understand what that repercussion might be. Whereas these other scientists don't have any empathy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it's the way of nature. Let it do its thing and steamroll the entire galaxy if it must. And then you have Amos... This is, I thought of this originally when you were talking about him um, hmm. talking to this. Did you mention him talking to the scientist? Um, I was thinking probably. about him. When he talks to the scientist, it breaks through because no one could talk to him. They didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And then they say, they, we get the information that they don't have empathy sensors. And Amos is like, I got this. 
Yeah. And he goes in there and he talks to him. Amos has empathy for the person with no empathy. Like, yeah, that's some shit. <laughs> well, what I liked that was stated to referring to these people with the lobotomy, they said they volunteered with the person in charge of that science. There's the one who Miller shot dead. Originally, Dres the science, Dresden. Dresden? Yeah. Dresden was shot. And the scientists working under him were given the choice to remove empathy. Mm -hmm. And after it wore off, they stated they chose to take it again permanently mm -hmm. because of how calm they felt. Mm -hmm. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Think about that. If you don't care about anyone or anything else. Mm -hmm. Except what you care to do. Yeah. And even then, it's not a care in Although, the sense that like it's emotional. Yeah. It's this you logically know that that's what's next. Although their whole life was devoted to studying the thing that would eventually be their annihilation. So well, I guess. Was it the whole life? We don't know how long they were there. I don't know. I guess I don't know how long they were there. Yeah. I mean, I heck, imagine the whole... they didn't go back to their families. No. Probably not. Like they were, they were living together with other scientists that had no empathy working. Sure, for the rest but of if their the life. two seasons we watched was the span of four days, sure. How long have they been really studying the protomolecule? A year. Good point. It's not that long yeah. to be missing your family for work. Yeah. Obviously, it's a long time. Don't get me wrong. I would hate that. Yeah. But like in the context of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'd also probably give it an eight. Yeah. I really like the show. I, um, somebody told me that it doesn't pick up till like season three. And I was like, really? Wow. Yeah. They said it was a little bit tough to get through the first bits. And I thought that was what? wild because I yeah. like, I was like, it, it starts with the Canterbury explosion mm -hmm. episode one. And you see, I got the shock on episode one. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I, th I, th I think, uh, I think it's a pretty strong show. The two things I agree with you on the dialogue at times can be a little flat and the scenery some to some, just some of the sets not all mm. of it it's just once in a while mm. i feel like i get taken out i'm like oh that oh that kind of, why is it that like that that's that funny kind of wrong i don't think i've ever felt that it's hmm. funny it's usually whenever i feel like i'm just walking into the uh tattooing bar if you're walking into the tattooing bar scene mm -hmm. then i'm taken out of the movie because i'm like well that's just a copy paste of a set I've seen oh, a thousand okay. times. You saying that, I could imagine a few do, do, scenes do, 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 do. where <laughs> they go into like a bar or a restaurant and it's just that kind of feel. Yeah. Is that what kind of talking yeah, about? Yeah, it almost like they threw it together and like, well, this scene means nothing, folks. We're going to wrap up in five and sure. we'll wheel it out of here. Hmm. And it looks like that. It looks like they set it up for that. Yeah. And I, I get it, though. It's an expensive set. I, I mean, what's the budget for the show? Oh, gosh. I don't know. You want a number? Like, if you could cut, if you could cut a corner at and sacrifice maybe just a little immersion in a five-minute bar scene, sure, go for it. But it doesn't mean I'm not gonna notice it. Three point five per episode. Oh my god! That's the mid cost. What has it made? Can you find that out? Sure. I do like numbers. <laughs> It's made, I guess, uh, what's the number that I'm supposed to search with? Is there a name for it? Because what I first started is like just the Expanse Profit, but mm. I feel like there's a different, like total revenue. Yeah. 
or even you could just do a simple one. How much has the expanse made since its release? Because it's not a point five mil per year. Ah, uh, it's the average income of the series. Mm-hmm. Per episode or per per year for the whole sh- all of what's out right now. For I don't know. Uh. <laughs> Expand. I don't know. I just uh, the numbers I first get on Google. Yeah. Okay. That's a terrible return. <laughs> Think of 3.5 million episodes. There's 10 episodes. No, revenue. Like, oh, pure profit. Yes. Oh, that's way better. <laughs> okay. So they, they meet their minimum, they meet their, their cost, and then they make money. I'm pretty sure. Revenue. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I was like, geez, that is terrible. Like, how is this show still going? That's pretty good. Would you recommend The Expanse? I would. I would. But I'd give them the caveats that we've already stated. Yeah. I'd also recommend it. My coworker is the one who told me I should start watching the show, which is why he said it. Uh, shout out to John. Um, he is the one who said to the first two seasons we should watch to get a scope for mm. the rest of the series. Okay. And I thought that was actually really good because I remember finishing season one thinking – do I really need to watch season two? But then after beginning to watch the first few episodes of season two, you realize how much of a building block season one was in introducing all the pieces, all the factions, all the drama, and the way people interact with each other. Yeah. Do you ever remember Brian or Peter um, talking to you about The Expanse? No. I told Peter I was recording today, and he's like, oh, didn't Brian uh, tell you about that show? I was like, maybe i mean maybe i don't remember sorry and he's like Ew, i think it was when we were playing wingspan i was like okay <laughs> like, like, I, just pulls that right out of the well air. i mean i doubt he's wrong but right. i just don't remember and no was, no i'm saying like i'm she's smart enough where you can remember that oh, yeah. and pull it out oh yeah <laughs> yeah but i was like either way we're talking about it and it's a great right, show exactly. so so Ryan I get, loved it. Is essentially the moral of that story. Cool. I really liked it. I'm gl- actually excited to finish it. I'm curious if they'll do the rest of the books. And so now I just got to read the books, right? Yeah. Yeah. Easy. easy I bet easy. you. I bet you they've been printed numerous times, especially since the show's release. Well, the book's recent. 2015 is when it ended. Oh yeah. For 2022. Uh, 2015 was the first season's um, airing. The yeah, you said 22. You said books. it was 2011 to 22? Yes. Yes, I did. June of 2011 to March of 22 is the 10-book series by uh, James S.A. Corey. That's old enough, I think, to get at least one or two reprintings. Really? Nah. Well, maybe not the 22. I mean, no, not the 22. Yeah, honestly, I think they are as they are. I don't know if you would. Unless it's like a consolidated Well, like thing. the Sandman's been reprinted. 15 times sure but i think there's an interesting but it's, it also came out in the 80s between novels and graphic novels mm. graphic novels i think it's a lot more common to consolidate them mm. especially with the magazine issue format a book's a book is released is released you know mm. what i mean mm-hmm. like if i release this novel i can put i can print it again but it's this this is the book okay now i got it i gotta scratch the itch okay you gotta figure out if it's consolidated how what's the name of the first book the name of the first book is Leviathan Wakes. Leviathan Wakes. Well, if I were to do a small segue, uh, our next topic of choice is Axiom Verge. 
Well, I will begin to play that shortly after I return from my tournament. I'm actually really looking forward to this 2D platformer. But I would like to announce what the topic thereafter was, and that's where I need to open the discussion to you, Scott. Mm -hmm. We've now just done a show. We've yeah. done a couple games. We've done a couple comics. Did you want to return to any comics? I know you said you had some on your mind. I had a suggestion from a devoted listener. Ooh, love it. To listen, uh, to read a book that is actually considered to be in the top 100 graphic novels ever written. However, it's in a genre that I think neither you nor I particularly seek when we are going to read a book. So it would stretch huh. us a little bit. Uh, that's interesting. Uh -huh. Okay. It's called Palestine by Joe Sacco. I just typed in Palestine and I got like the flag and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Sacco, two C's. Got it. Okay. Um, it's a it's a single book. It's not a series, so you could read it and finish it. It's based on true true events, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's more of a nonfiction type piece, as mm -hmm. opposed to some fiction, some wild fantasy, some blood and guts, some sci-fi hmm. i'm not a huge fan of the caricature uh faces that are drawn in the story yeah i'm pulling up some of that here it's really different it, you know what it reminds me of is abc with the way the faces are more um absent of color and detail it's all in the brow itself and the mouth mm. you know more than anything else yeah what do you mean by abc um american board chinese Oh novel. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess. I wow, look at you acronyming American Board Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> There's actually a really fun DDR song called ABC. It's I think it's a popular song. I probably can't play it because I don't know copyright something. ABC. <laughs> we could review it and then it's okay. I guess who is it? Polyphia. Let me hold on. Let me see if this is it. I might cut this out. Where? Give me my music. So that ABC run is a bunch of um, side oh switches with flip switches. And it's like, it's actually really satisfying. It has a beautiful turn into the side and out of the side. Cool. And yeah. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, so that was a that was a request from a from a listener Perfect. to review Palestine. I have it. I own a copy. So oh, awesome! I could read it, borrow it to you. Could read it. I think I would love to just do that. Okay. So it'll then, stretch us a little bit because it's something we haven't really delved into before. That's fine. I mean, heck, I you know I like to read a lot of mythology and things of that nature. I think I can handle it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so then the third of April is scheduled for axiom verge really excited for that i've already had like our brother-in-law recommended to me amongst other i people. played the second one for probably a few hours but you then did. i stopped because we were talking about playing the first one so i was like <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa i gotta go back cool well honestly the fact that that was the game of the month it just means like great now i have a reason to go into it because i mean i'm all about sequels and backgrounds and yeah. going into it so april 3rd we're going to talk about our experiences with Axiom Verge, which I'm looking forward to. And then on the 1st of May, we'll talk about Palestine. Sick. Looking forward to it. Awesome. That's Oh, heck yeah. Hey, if you're going to join us 
for an Axiom Verge talk through, you can get it right now for ten bucks on the PlayStation Store. Oh, cool! Very cool. I'm assuming then that Steam probably has it at the same price. Yeah, let me check quick. I got it here. Also, I bought Palestine used um, at a used bookstore for ten bucks. If you're trying to go find a copy of that to read along, I'm sure if you go to like a books too. Yeah, Axiom Verge is on Steam, but it is still twenty bucks. So okay. if you go on PlayStation, you get a little deal. Otherwise, it's twenty bucks. And uh, yeah, it's got a nice. It's on aesthetic. sale right now, and it doesn't say how long. It says it is typically nineteen bucks on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. My first thought when looking at the imagery is it's um, Metroid. Yeah. Definitely. I got that vibe from playing the second one the little bit I did. Cool. So a very But hey, I love modern. me some 2D side-scrolling. Oh, gosh. I'm my... actually really looking forward to it. I'm replaying Hollow Knight right now. I told you last time I think we talked. You've been replaying Hollow Knight like the past three months. Not replaying, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I probably have another 30 hours into it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying every time we talk, like, did I tell you I got back in? Yes. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just because I love it. You do love it. <laughs> I you talk love about it. All the I can't I, wait for Silk Song to come out. The music will come up, right, when we're playing D&D, &D, and you'll be like, is this <laughs> It's so true. The dramatic head turn. Yeah, everything. you're right. You're right. All right. It's good, though. <laughs> okay. So Axiom Verge, then Palestine. Axiom Verge, April 3rd. Palestine, May 1st. Cool. I got a tournament between then. I think it'll be fun. I don't know if you heard our last Midnight Snack. I talked about Ollie World was the game of month last month. We have another one coming up from Dear Scotty about some comics he's been reading. I hope you look forward to that. And, yeah, you can always find us wherever at Our Tasty Podcast, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and the like. I think eventually we'll probably try and start getting a YouTube thing. I know I've mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't record ourselves, it's easy to put our logo up there. Absolutely. Just so some people like having well, it YouTube. Could, yeah, you can put an audio. Yeah, put the audio recording exactly. on YouTube. Absolutely. Exactly. Thank you so much That's for everyone who's here. We have, I think, 12 of you now, part of our Discord channel. Um, eventually, we'll get a lot more of you in the discussions with us, and I can look here for you. I would humbly like to take this opportunity for those 12 of you in our Discord to say thank you, and also to say that I will be putting forth my best efforts to take more initiative in interacting in said Discord, seeing as it's so nice to have a community that we're going to start fostering into something grand. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Just the more content we get, the more people we get. Build our own little thing. Woo! Awesome. Thanks so much, everybody, and we'll see you in the next discussion. Bye-bye.